Welcome to episode 132 of the Quarry Shepherd Podcast. So let's play play with Anting. All the week was, all the week was good. <laughs> Long time users introduce yourself and talk about the week and them kind of thing. Welcome back to everybody who's been listening. Welcome to all the new listeners. Thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast anyways, hear podcasts, audio books or anything like that. And of course, you can look forward to the YouTube. Don't let nobody fool you. This podcast has come out every Tuesday morning, bright and early, despite what the haters will say. So listen. I want to know what's going on. Let's play Playway. What is 32 in Playway? Somebody help me. i home relaxing myself this Sunday. Right. Everybody sending me this video mm-hmm. with the Prime Minister talking about Tobagoonians know about foot and mouth. Right. But Duke foot all about. Mm-hmm. Keith Rowley, I still have your WhatsApp. Right. When you self sending me your WhatsApp messages... The real problem mm. is not that, you know, right. is that I never drank your tea. And then you saw Duke dipping his toe in it. But I never wanted your toe tea. Hey, 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 We can't say that. I just want to put it on the record. <laughs> I want to put it on the record. That that was the voice of Kizel Jackson, who is the ex-deputy political leader of the PDP. <laughs> That is the voice of Kizel Jackson, who is the ex of Watson Duke. <laughs> and that is Kizel Jackson, who is the ex-classmate of a popular listener to this podcast by the name of Karen Etienne. <laughs> this is, this is Karen Etienne's friend, Kizel Jackson. We just wanted to put her out early, but you know, I know all the joke and thing, right? This episode is about money. It's about the mighty dollar because see, I sent her articles this week talking about the oldest profession, the first profession there ever was. And we had to dive into it, you know, because that is who we is as Trinity. So, as is a money episode now, boy.
less and salary is an impossibility in this country. So many bills to pay, there is no conceivable way to save for a rainy day in this country. A foolish ass to be precise, is why every damn thing so overpriced. Big business making everybody feel, government give them a open license to steal. Would you believe me? One night of fancy is $19.90. What? $20 for some baby meal. The cheapest jersey costs over $60. 200 and change a yard for still. It's hard here in Trinidad. Lord of mercy, capitalism gone mad. It's sad. Hey, I come to talk the things this week. We're talking about the things. I have plenty of money topics, you know, but I'm starting here with an article that I see by Joshua C. Mungle in The Guardian two days ago. Joshua C. Mungle, salute to you. So the people of Bag and Trace in Central come out and speak. So Joshua C. Mungle says, For many years, men often intoxicated with Rome Bagner Trace in Caripichaimo to satisfy the sexual appetites. This is not the other, if you if you didn't realize by um by the opening, right? This might not be the best episode for children, right? So let me put my disclaimer out there. <laughs> this might be an adult-only episode. A business that fronted as a hotel and nightclub offered them a choice of local Caribbean, Venezuelan, and even Asian and African women. While everyone in Bagner Trace, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, across many parts of the country knew the business was a brothel. Uh the, the illegal exchanges of cash for flesh carried on without any meaningful disruption by officers of the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service or the Immigration Division. For years, residents sat silently, daring not to speak out, not daring not to speak out in fear of consequences, hoping that the brothel would be permanently shut down by authorities. Shut down by authorities. Even when the owner of the establishment and an employee were arrested and charged in 2015 for trafficking two Venezuelan women, that day still did not come. It would not be until 2022, following the death of an owner, that one of Central's most well-known brothels closed down permanently. Well-known, a man like me don't know that. So in 2022, this last year, this closed down. And while, and while it has been one year since its closure, residents of Bagner Street uh, said the area still carries a heaviness associated with the illicit operations. We got accustomed to it after a while. It was common knowledge what was going on there, and it was common knowledge that the police were involved. <laughs> Let me take a pause there, right, and stick up in. There's a recurrent decimal in this podcast now when we're talking about um, any kind of illegal activity or anything to do with crime. I've, I haven't spoken about crime for a long time, and I try to stay away from crime and any crime-related crime issues because... It's just too much to deal with, and you end up talking about crime every week if you attempt to talk about crime in this country. I mean, sometimes it's just simply too much. There's, there's no end to it. But one of the common threads that you would typically find is articles like these that openly say, police know who involves, the, the police know where the blocks are. Maybe I shouldn't try to record this with, um, with gum. That might not be the best idea I've ever had. Yeah. Police involved, they know who they are, they're collecting money and them kind of things, so they, 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 they keep it hush-hush. And I want to separate some of the issues in this podcast, right? Because I done, I done getting licks last week for trying to say <laughs> that um that positive messages could come from anywhere. I don't know if people mistaken in what I say. I don't, I'm not necessarily 
backing or in support or batting for Matara to be allowed in schools and so on. I'm simply saying that I don't have an issue with her being allowed in school depending on where the message she comes to send. If I know she coming there to talk about, as she had suggested, what she should and shouldn't do and um, why the mistake she made landed her where she is and how she's on her route to recovery and those things. I feel positive messages could come out of that. As I always tell this story, right, about walking through St. James one one time. There's on there's on, on St. James Main Road, outside a place named Austin's Pharmacy. Austin's Pharmacy was on the corner of Dengue Street and the Western Main Road. Everybody know the old Austin's family Pharmacy. And these are a man out this drinking beer rum on a regular basis, right? <laughs> and they used to call him beer rum. And I remember walking, going across the main road, and yawning, one big yawn. You know what I mean? A man sleepy at the bus, I yawn. And a vagrant walk past and tell me, cover your mouth while you're yawning. And I got real horrors, you know, I got real. I, I didn't like, I was a bad, I feel in that kind of way. I said, well, if people hear me now, a man like me only trying to embarrass in these streets, but cover your mouth, you're yawning. You're a vagrant, you live in no place. You know, you, you, you expose, according to Kizel Jackson, you you road and you tell me, but after that, thought about it. I tell myself, but the man, the man might be right. You know what I mean? Yawning without covering him. That's what my mother tell me about for years. I must still don't have it under control. And it's at that moment I realized, listen, it doesn't matter where a positive message come from. A positive message have more to do with the receiver than the sender. If I in the mood to hear something or if I looking forward to something in life or I have some kind of ambition or some drive or some goal, the law of attraction on its own will tell you that I will tend to hear messages that are in support of that goal or in alignment with that goal or what I'm trying to achieve in life. So for me, I'm a little broad in my thinking about that or open-minded where that's concerned because of people like Davy Grant, people like Wayne Chance, as I say, Errol Fabian, uh, Gartha Natasha Sinclair and so on. And I understand that it is it, not it's not a fair comparison and it's not a comparison I'm trying to make where I'm saying Errol Fabian equal to Matara French. I'm just saying that we could be a little more open-minded as to who we let in these schools and those types of things because the messages could come from anywhere. And I don't think the people in Karipachima, uh wait is a girl's school or a boy's school or what? They did they, they certainly not going to hear many messages from me. They will watch me with my cornball self coming to talk proper proper. I think that it might be more effective to get people like Matara to work with it. And, and one of the things that I might, I might not have said as well is it might be useful for the ministry to identify how they contribute to how principals make the decision as to who they let in the school and work on a program, work alongside these people to even help them craft their own messages. Take Matara out of the equation for a minute, right? If they have somebody online who you find the, their behavior is not what you would want your child to grow up to be. But they could certainly send a message if you agree with what I'm saying about sending a message or getting messages across in, in, in some schools. Maybe work with them and help them craft the messages and help them to uh, know what could be said, what can't be said, how to dress and all those types of things. That's that, that what I mean. And you know, I've, I've, I've documented, all, uh, in, the, in the famous words of Wade Mark, I've evidential documentation of Matara trying to change her life. So I ain't like when people... You could, you could bash me for my stance. I don't mind that. But I ain't like when people trying to say like the girl ain't doing nothing to change your life. So I walk with evidential documentation on not changing. Let me hear from a Tarano. Address text normally. I come on social media cussing people. Right. You understand? Yeah, yeah. I don't do that no more, get no, to love birds. No. I come and I give my point straight. Right. 
without cursing anyone or disrespecting anyone. Yeah. I leave the people out of there right. to curse me and disrespect me because that's the only way they know how. Right. Right? But when you live a life mm -hmm. of the past yeah. and you tell yourself that life is over yeah. because you want betterment. Yeah, betterment. You want upness, you want greatness. Yes. Okay? So you start to change your life mm -hmm. and you do things better things not only to better yourself but to better people that is around you yeah you understand and that is why people are hating on me hating hating on me sorry guys. Oh, sorry sorry they are hating on me because i'm no longer that roach you understand that they clear <laughs> my arm right coming up on social media and saying f this one no and that this one out right. of business yeah. bam 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 right you know what i mean so matara trying to change her life a little time in front of people we are changing their life man <laughs> but all in all i agree with people too i think like i was saying last week is a ministry decision and i while i might be open to it i understand that most people won't that is going to be a controversial thing so if you feel like matara might be the best who's me to tell you no i think you're right i feel you're absolutely right if you don't want to in your schools but um Taking the broader point I'm making. Anyway, back to the action of the week. The people in Bagda Trace are upset. They say that um, this place was around for so long and is a scourge of the community. And, you know, it's something that we generally don't talk about much in Trinidad and Tobago in terms of, um, <laughs> in terms of the, our sexual appetite, I could call it that. Because I remember for a few years, we were saying that... Um, we were, we were talking about Trinidad and Tobago having the most highest level of pornography consumption per capita in any country. And we'll be careful of per capita figures, right? They could be quite deceptive. But we were up there with um highest level of porn taken in. Uh, one of the things that disturbed and we will get to that as well, was we were ranked pretty high on things like child pornography and categories that people may agree to be deviant behavior, deviant sexuality. And my theory is this, right? And of course, as with every other theory I have on this podcast, it's completely unfolded. <laughs> when you come in here, you come in from my opinion, right? I feel it's because the conversation in this country is still a speakeasy and a shoo-shoo type of conversation. There's plenty of shoo-shooing around the topic. We don't like to talk about it. We like to pretend like it never happened. You understand? So while all the, surprisingly over the last week, a lot of the newspapers carried stories along these lines. But dealing with our sexuality as a whole, not just prostitution, but all the sexuality of the people in the country as a whole. I, I bet you... This died on, it go nowhere, nothing is said, and then we take about six months to a year before we ever see any kind of article addressing anything like this again. But um, the first thing I want to talk about is, 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 is that I typically try to understand when you're dealing with crime and you're dealing with legality, my first question is usually, who is the victim? Who is a victim in these situations? And I think because of our attitude towards these things, we create victims that may not necessarily be there. And you probably know where I'm going with this already. If we just legalize it, <laughs> legalize and regularize, let man go and spend the money and get what they had to get. Because there's nothing, there's nothing you could do to stop this. There's no country in the world where this is illegal and not happening because, you know, it's illegal and it's immoral and we don't want to have it. This is going to happen. 
So I would think that what makes more sense is to make sure that everything you could control is above board, it is monitored. Uh, what ministry does go fall under all your field, boy? Community development? If, if, if you had to legalize this, who, who coming up with your laws for this? Is it community development? Is it gender affairs? Which one it will be? If you find ways to legalize it and regularize the industry, I'm I, I using Amsterdam as an example and what they have done with both, what, what do they call it? Cash for flesh? Flesh, trade in flesh? What do they call it here? Or what they've done with drugs and so on and, and, and remove some of the cloaks over it. It tends to, when you shine light on something, and to use the words of the famous Matara French, when you shine light, roaches run. And a part of the issue with this industry here in Trinidad and Tobago, this uh, underground industry, is that it full up a roach. It full up a roach. It's people who will start the, 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 the line between what is I as an adult woman or adult man. Man, man, man could make it feel like I could like sell things. Only woman willing to buy. Oh man, man might be willing to buy. Yeah, okay, prosperity prices going up and all, all things on the table right now. Anyway, if you look at a person who could make a choice consciously and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to sell some flesh and there are people who are willing to buy flesh and I collect my money and move on. I want to know how people feel about this as a society. Is are we are we st- are we standing on the moral ground that that is wrong and should not be encouraged and should be uh should be illegal, and then we can't govern anything. Everything happening underground, everything is hidden from the sight. For everything is hidden from plain sight, and then it's attracting a certain underworldedness in terms of the characters who are involved in this business and so. Or are we willing to say? There's no law that is going to prevent this from happening. There's nothing that could prevent a woman from saying, pass a 500G and let me make this happen. And there's nothing that could prevent a man from saying. And then I, I always wonder about these things as well, right? Like, how do you, if this is illegal, how do you police this? Is it that you had to set up sting and thing like in the States? You know, the States have some states where police just dress up like if they're working <laughs> and when you approach them now they come and they tell you hey what are you doing what are you doing you know i mean pass a little 300 we could get this going and then when you give them the 300 you're under arrest i, I don't find you should ever do i mean i, I hope they ain't doing that kind of thing in trinidad here uh the police certainly not doing it but the express the express do a good little job this week which we'll get to but um i always wonder like how you find people in this like how do you how do you police it the, the police have us uh, like when they had the blimp, they would catch your hand any money. And if I had a woman money, you can't charge me for nothing. Yes, and you have to make sure going. You know what I mean? I'll be inside. Be some matter, some matter go wrong. And then how you know is not a woman who me and she good and I borrow five hundred from her. She she back she five hundred and she feels so happy to see me that she sliced me off a piece of cake. You know what I mean? How are you about your police and these things? I. I don't know if there's much value or much usefulness in trying to do that. But I feel like there's more of an upside if you say, okay, this is how this thing is going to be regularized. This is how you register in this business. If you want to do sex work, which is a big conversation among the gender people and so on, which I, I'm not qualified or knowledgeable enough to go into it, but I know that um, surprisingly this young generation or the, the, the more woke among us, and women in particular seem to want to open the discussion about sex work. That's a shocking thing for me. When I see some of the people who's be um defending sex workers and things, I would think that those are some of the people who um is the lost tribe people, right? Let me put it like that. It's lost tribe folks. I don't know what's been going on in lost tribe, but anybody who in lost tribe tends to want to say, 
legalize it. But it is as a safer environment. Then there's something that there's support and so on. And then you could help people who there may be people who get into that business because they don't have any choice or they don't. They, they, so there's not a job that they want to do, but they basically they back against the wall and they had to do it. And if somebody if somebody back against the wall like that, should should we allow it? Should we just let this happen because it's going to happen anyway? But shine a light on it so we could do things safely get rid of certain characters who in this business who more likely to try to force or drug women to get them to be a part of it because for them as Paro suggested is about capitalism and capitalism have to, uh, in business it, uh, they used to teach us an econ price by quantity equals total revenue right so the person who in this business as a capitalist a pimp in this case right is in their best interest to keep the prices high and keep the quantity high if you, if you price high and the quantity high your revenue could be good and keeping the prices high might well mean charging people, you know what I mean? If, if, if people have a posture of a certain skin complexion or a certain size or a certain age group, then you might find that people do what it takes to get high up margins on the business and charge a higher price. If quantity is an issue because not, you know, not enough people want to do this voluntarily, I could go to countries or nearby countries that have issues and people might be more on the fringes in terms of... Uh, economic opportunity and i could coerce force encourage trick bamboozle people into getting into a business that they don't know what they're getting to hold their passport and hide it bring you here give you a lodging which might be a difficult thing for you to achieve where you were uh so so once you have that there's a way of them increasing quantity once you say price by quantity is total revenue, the next thing we had to watch in business is what is my cost because if my cost is over my revenue then i have a problem so to keep the cost low, what I could do is not make sure that these women don't make any money at all, keep them under my control, keep them drugged, uh, limit their ability to go home, threaten them, gangster them, so that they make very little money and they don't have a choice. They're stuck in a spiral. Or you hear the horror stories about women who drugged in one country and wake up in a country that don't even know where they are. We've seen the movies, right? One, one movie that comes to mind is, what's the thing with Liam Neeson again? Where um, it's taken, where his daughter get kidnapped and, and put into a, a Russian oligarch ring of men who are willing to buy sex. And men ain't care. Men, especially the more powerful and more wealthy among them in, in that particular movie. They're really concerned about where it's coming from and things. They know what they want. They want somebody. They were first timers. They were young girls and stuff. So I, 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 asking more questions than I given statements in this podcast, right? Because I don't know the answer to these things. I just feel like it's an opportunity for us to discuss this openly. I know we don't get a chance to talk to one another too much. It's always me talking one way. I will fix that one day, right? I promise you, when I find a solution for that, we will do that. Because the feedback between episodes is always very, very valuable. And inevitably, I get half the thing wrong to when people is correct, man. But it's a, it's a discussion I feel like we, at an intellectual level, can have without getting too emotional or getting too disrespectful or getting too blind to the reality of things or even getting too religious or whatever the things may, may be, we, we, we could probably discuss this to see what is the best thing for our society to do. So that the people of Bagner Trace and many, many traces in Trinidad and Tobago don't have to feel stigmatized or worried about where it is going on. If these things are controlled and the districts are controlled and so on, then you have a different you have a different environment. And 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 I've, I always I always feel as well like 
making things like this very, very taboo tend to increase the propensity for deviant behavior. Again, if you keep these things, and, and, and it might be one of the reasons why, because we have an attitude where you can't say this, you can't talk about it at all, you can't do anything, you must be demure, you must be pure. You understand? You must, you must. And I, I was saying it myself last week, you know, I, if, 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 if Watson and them have a certain behavior behind closed doors and Rowley and Kamala have the certain behavior behind closed doors, I'm willing to vote for the one who do come out and talk about it in the open, in the way, in the, in the most crass of ways, like what I see Watson and Kizel doing the other day. So I got as much part of the problem as anybody else. But I'm wondering if this is not part of our issue, the fact that these things are kept taboo and, uh, it, it, it creates a, a more intense need or intense want for this thing, you know what I mean? So I, I, I just saw this article and I thought it was it was important to to bring it up because one of the most important things about this is that all of us know where the place is. We know where the places are. We know people who come and go. We see it all the time. There are some of them very, very popular throughout the country. And not all of us also assume that police involved... Well, let me tell you a story about my... um. My run, my run to, um, <laughs> to a little spot in Dundonald Street in Port of Spain. Port of Spain. Me and my pal, let me call nobody name and them thing. Yeah? I have a very good friend. And we went, and you know, from the time people tell you about their friend, is lying and it's them they're talking about. Yeah? But I ain't going to tell you if it's me or not. I have a partner. And we went to Eureka. You remember Paprika? You take a lime in Paprika. I tell you what I see with my own two eyes. You know? I ain't telling you what I make up. You know what I mean? So we lime in paprika and everything. And as we used to do as little fellas in St. James, because we come from the days of mushkins, you know what I mean? We, we hide and we go up in the mushkins and we have a time, you know what I mean? So we lime in the paprika. Somebody say, boy, let me go and check out Donald Street. We go up Donald Street, let me lime a five in them. So this is normal for me. This is like, we, we used to do this all the time. So it's not a problem for me. I go up in the spot. Uh, I can't remember them days I must see him drinking alcohol. I must see him a little malt and thing, and I pull up by the bar. A girl come and talk to me and thing. Because if you think about it, is when you go in paprika, right? You have to go and talk to a girl. You have to go and say, hey, what's up with you? Bap, 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 bap. When you go up in the spot in Dundonald Street, girl come in to talk to you. So it's a welcome change. <laughs> it's a welcome change of scenery. A welcome change of effort and direction of effort and so on. So I go on in, the girl come and talk to me now. My partner went in the back. And... You know what I mean? He must, he must, he, the, 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 the lights must be was too bright in front of him, so he went down in the back, right? Which is cool with me too. I don't assume, you know, judge nobody. So I in the front there, and the girl talking, and we talking. She wants a little bear, buy a bear. We talk. She thinks, she said, let me go in the back too. I said, nah, I'm a partner in the back. I got to watch the front, and we just keep it talking then. The, 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 the difference with Dan Paprika as well is if the conversation is going good in Paprika, the lady you're talking to is likely to stay. But in Dundonald Street, it does not matter how good the conversation is going. <laughs> We're not here to talk. <laughs> we are come to look for wife. <laughs> so we I was there and thing, and my people come, people try and thing, but I stand up and take them little sips on them kind of thing. And as I see my boy in the back, and me I feel in no way until club time to close off. Lights come on, all girls going in the back, and the biggest man you've ever seen in your life is telling me outside, you had to go. And I had to tell him, I say, I say, I can't leave him, no more boy in the back. I ain't leaving without him. And he's like, who's your boy? Is it? When I tell him, he say, the thing you watch, he say, come. And I'm going to tell him, why I see with my own two eye? I spy with my little eye when I go in the back. Come, my boy was right in the back there. As he opened the door, he outside there talking. 
And he's talking to two police officers, two, two police officers in uniform, tactical uniform, gun and everything around them. And one of the policemen have a wad, a stack of cash. I feel like Stacey telling me, I'm telling the same stories over and over. But pretend you never hear this if you're listening a long time. And if you're a new listener, welcome. But there's a whole stack of cash, as much as your fist could hold, right? And he have that in his hand. But me, I feel in a way again, because this is not the first time I see this. I know what's be happening. And I don't think you surprised by this story at all. And um, our next one come out of the room who, talking to the policeman, he come out sweating. <laughs> and a woman come out sweating too. Some of them room will be warm, you know. Some of them room done the little shit, I reckon. They're warm. So two of them come out sweating. And he come and he telling the next police in uniform. No, he not in any uniform. Remember, he telling the police, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me 300, give me 300, quick, give me 300, quick. And mind you, the girls was out front now walking down in the back. So when he telling him, the man say, boy, cool yourself now, boy. on twice you're going already. Give me 300 quick. And he hand him back that 300. He grab her next one and he going back in the hot room. You know what I mean? Must he was a sauna. And this is what going on in the back there. Them chilling, everybody breezing. Nobody ain't saying that everybody good. And that was the end of the night pretty much. Them fellas and them had their, though I don't know where they get the money in their hand. I know that any activities going in there, going on in there, is illegal because I would I wouldn't know what happened in the room, but I surely know that lewd and indecent dancing and thing is a charge in this country. If you come outside naked and them kind of thing, they want to charge you. And people have this big problem with carnival woman in costume and thing. I I I I see enough to know that police could have arrested everybody in that place, including myself. But he had his water cash. Me in the way he get her from. Must he have an ATM in the back there too? And they were there breezing, and eventually me and my boy leave, and that was the end of that. We we, we good. I, I remember a story even long. That is way way back in the day. The them days was more, well at least that spot to me was more dancing and thing. It had a little striptease and them kind of thing. And I remember going in there. <laughs> when you walk in this spot, for anybody who never been in this spot, as you walk in this spot, it have a room off to your left side. I just want to let you know it's real talk I talking. So people who was there before know what I'm talking about. You go in and have a room on your left. The room used to have a pool table. And for the life of me, I never understand when it have such a good show going on. You know what I mean? The, the cabaret. The cabaret is nice. Why anybody would want to shoot pool? <laughs> but when I watch in the shooting pool, a police officer, them days is gray shirt and blue pants, right? No, 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 no tactical police officer. This man's hat is off on a ledge, right? He bend down shooting pool. He shirt out his pants and unbutton about halfway. Bears on them kind of things. I tell you why I see him. Me and my partner at the time, we laugh and think we take it in. We take him, we show and think. And as, as normal, we come outside and on the street and now we breeze it after the show. Done. So show them they show finishing 3, 4 in the morning. Huh? Don Donald Street is a down street, right? So you could only go from the savannah towards Tongue when you're going down Don Donald Street. While me and this man outside, me and my boy, a man come flying up down Donald Street, right? <laughs> and my partner, he, 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 listen, we all have a good time in this life and we could laugh at anything. When he when he, he see the man driving all the streets, same time he see the same police officer with his shirt out the pants, he right inside the gate. Hey, my officer, watch that man flying up the street. Uh. You know what that police officer do? That police officer put his shirt in his pants, unbutton back his buttons on the pony berry, back on his hat, and go outside and stop that man and reprimand that man for going up the one way. Don't that nice of <laughs> I know if you write him a ticket, but if you had a ticket book, I show you gave him a ticket. Listen, that, that policeman would have been tight. He would have been, he, there's no chance of him doing anything there that would have been on the up and up or legal because of where he is. 
Exactly. What are you going on? I recording. What are you doing? Boy, bye. And this adult stuff, bye. So the policeman, the policeman could come out and reprimand somebody for driving up a one way. <laughs> but, but he needs but he needs spot. And our, our brethren, when he come back on this podcast, he could tell you his own story about the men leaving that same spot and giving him an escort. I shouldn't say escort. <laughs> giving him a police escort. <laughs> Home because you're too drunk to drive. So listen, these are things that we all know as a society. And while I think that articles like these will come out from time to time, and I, I'm, I'm not saying that all of us are comfortable with it, asking more questions than I'm making statements. But what I think is that we as a society have already accepted this. We accept it for what it is. I have no doubt that the people in Bank the Trace would have called police when things happen. With, I, live on, I live on Anderson Street in St. James, right, one street away from Smokey and Bunty. I see all kind of things, more than a child should see. I see fight. I see people hook up in alley, man and woman in alley taking out. I see way more than a little child should see. And living so close to the main road could be a nuisance. The noise and the, the way people carry on and fight and people peeing on your wall and people is a nuisance. So I'm sure the people are back in the trace would have called police multiple times for this. But I, I feel like it, like as a society, whether we're for or against the trading flesh, I feel is something that we have collectively accepted. The parts of it that we all against is the parts when it comes to underage girls, which I have to say salute to Kimari Rodriguez for a super piece of work in the Express this week and the part of human trafficking. So they have elements of it that all of us would be against. And we had to focus on these elements. So I, I'm not sure if the best solution, or maybe I'm suggesting that the best solution is legalize, regularize, whatever the thing is. I've said this about illicit and illegal drugs for a long time as well. If you have people who want to get into that business, educate people, encourage them not to do it if it's morally, if it morally dies, do, do, not where you want the country to be or you don't think it's the best option for people. I, I, I always feel like Taking that route is better than hiding everything under the carpet. Then all of it get lumped together as one. So, Kimari Rodriguez, article from the Express this week. It says within hours of was it within hours of the Facebook profile of 15-year-old Selena Ali going live, it was flooded with disturbing messages from adult men. They were all told they were speaking with a child. It did not matter. Some asked for photos of the girl, others asked to meet, and one sent a graphic photo of self-harm to the account. There was the 22-year-old plumber who was there more than a hundred... There was the 22-year-old plumber who was among more than a hundred men who reached out to the teenager. Within 10 minutes of starting a message chat without any way of verifying whom he was messaging with, he sent a photograph of himself naked and aroused and asked the girl if she could send him photos in return. A truly sickening act. In a truly sickening act, he sent a video of himself masturbating. The Predators. Sweetness, love your sweet lip sexy. Wrote one visibly older man who was who, whose age was listed on his profile as 54. When Selena indicated her age at 15, the man replied, Love to get a date, sweetie. Send me a picture of you, beautiful. That's really good, sexy. Send me a picture, sweetie. <laughs> Of the man line is cornballish. The Gilbert Claro man's profile depicted himself holding a young child on its cover photo. In his messages to Selena, he claimed to be 19. As Christ, you 54, you claiming to be 19? You make her. Anyway, 
But Selena was no teenage girl. The account's profile picture was created by Sunday Express, by the Sunday Express last two Fridays, using artificial intelligence generator and made younger by photo editing software. So they use AI to generate a photo and create a profile, and they make it look even younger, and they explicitly told people it was 15. So it's a kind of, it's a kind of sting operation, right? An undercover thing. It was our attempt to gauge the scale of online grooming in Trinidad and Tobago. Our Facebook profile listed the teen's interests and likes, and her cover photo was a screenshot of the popular animated children's TV show SpongeBob. I mean, at 15, you want to SpongeBob, right? This could be a little more realistic, but it worked anyway. With her age as 15 publicly listed in the Facebook intro section at the top corner of its profile page. The page was suspended by Facebook hours after its creation. I wonder why. But by then we estimate, I wonder how come. That's odd. What is Facebook might pick up that as a fake account or something like that? Or maybe, mm, I wonder if Facebook could pick up that as an account trying to solicit people who are interested in underage girls. That's, that's odd. But by then we estimated that all but five of the 69 messages received by the profile were sent by men over the age of 20, the eldest being 58 who claimed to be from Penal. If I remember right, they said Penal was the spot where most of the porn was being um, consumed. You know. uh, a few of these accounts began their messages by offering information about their personal lives, others asking for intimate details of Selena's personal and family life. More than five of the accounts attempted to video call the profile, others asking for a WhatsApp number. Where you from? I just don't like any trouble. You on WhatsApp? Hope I am not getting in trouble for texting you. Can I see a pic of you, please? Between us, whether whether for river or beach. <laughs> Wrote a 34-year-old man. This is weird. This is pickup lines. This is like, this is how we go in. How all is doing our online thing? All the people who date during online periods. Like, where's, where's your open line? Where you say, hey, sweetie? Hey, sweetie seems to be a popular one. Our next one say, good morning, pretty girl. You look like an Asian princess. I would have sent you a picture. F- I would have sent a picture for you, but I too young. LOL. If you wasn't so young, I would have asked you to come live with me. Cook food, make money. <laughs> Rosa, 36-year-old man who later offered to purchase Selena a phone card to allow her to speak with him while at school. That's Christ. His location was not available on Facebook. You look older though. You on WhatsApp? Rosa, 24-year-old princess tongue man after inquiring on the profile's age. Would it be okay with you if I call you a little? It would have been better if we talked. He said relaying personal details about his family life. Sunday Express did nothing to initiate conversations with any of these men, instead responding sporadically to their inquiries with brief details about the fictional child. I wonder if they're saying that, I don't understand. They just create a profile and so much people, did they go adding a whole bunch of people or something? Like that? I find something about this in something right. How, how people would see the profile if you didn't add certain people? Wait, now let me check my Facebook. I wonder if they attempt to add me. I... Uh, uh, I don't find that odd. Like, what, if, if you just create a profile, what well, does it get suggested to people who most likely to interact with a 15-year-old or did they real send out friend requests to people? Somebody said, right, Express. Uh, the Sunday Express didn't... As the profile was restored by Facebook, the total incurring messages from men had reached approximately 110. By Thursday, the account had amassed 481 friends and 230 friend requests, with the, the majority of whom appear to be older and male. 
that's how it's work. I, I mean, I don't know social media so good, and I don't be on Facebook very often. When you create a profile, it's just get all them set of friends. Well, I guess as a man, you probably don't get a whole lot, but maybe as a woman, once you come up as a suggested friend, people add in you. We shut down your account yesterday at 2.47 p.m. after the plumber shared his nakedness. Uh, they went on to talk about child abuse and grooming, explaining exactly what it is and the issues associated with it and so on. But it's, again, another one of the areas that as, as much as I like to come here and talk about our, our culture, I feel like this is heavily a part of our culture and it's something that we generally don't like talking about. We feel like if we don't talk about it at all, it would disappear or... Maybe we don't talk about it at all because we part of we want it to continue. I don't know why it is. I don't know why it's still so taboo, these things, especially younger people now, so open to talk about these things. Why not bring it, bring it to the forefront and discuss it openly? Uh, and, and, and to ask the, the women who are listening to, like, is this your normal experience with, with being online? I, don't, I generally don't respond to people who I don't know, especially on Facebook. Maybe on Instagram, I guess you could follow my profiles and thing open on Instagram. It, it don't have a whole lot to see or a whole lot of personal information. But something about Facebook, I feel a little uncomfortable with the idea that we're friends. I don't know you to add you on Facebook. And to be honest with you, once I see a woman looking too pretty to send me a friend request, I know I look like you. <laughs> I'm very, very self-aware of these things. No nice, nice woman. So you want to add me and nothing to talk about. What, 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 what the nice, nice woman added me so far. Your eye bright, bright, bright. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 you don't want to add me. You're looking for somebody who you... That does seem very um, very likely to me. And coincidentally, this week, apologies to everybody. My Facebook account got hacked. And they sent some kind of message saying, um, listen, listen, this person, you know, personally, was an accident and them kind of thing. And I'm thinking to myself, I was surprised at how many people messaged me to tell me, boy, we can't open the message, who it is, who it is. I was surprised because I don't open any of them things either. I just kind of assume somebody account get hacked. To the point where I remember back in the day, somebody had actually gotten some kind of issue and sent me some kind of thing saying they need money sent to them abroad. I never even opened that. I, I just assume all those things is spam or in this case, it was a bot attack. So if you if you had clicked on that link, I'm sorry if, if, you, if your thing get compromised too. But uh, Facebook are more guarded as to how accept friend requests if I don't know the person. I don't, and I, once, I, once I see you add me and we only we only are two people in common what's i get when i see the two people when i see the two people i say no 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 i good i i this is not a real account to me or this has nothing to do with me but i want to i want to i want to understand more about what happens when a woman creates a profile is this your normal experience that man is just start to offload and fire off salute salute acacia who was on this profile uh, podcast a couple of times salute acacias and acacia victory lap acacia we waiting for you to come back but like I see, it talks about that a lot, where you, you add somebody on um, you add somebody on Facebook, and then they message you and say, "Hey, thanks for adding me." I I don't ever do that. I don't like I only to help me, and only to help me not be old. When people add you and thing, you're supposed to message them to say, "Tap me, don't message nobody." You know? If you add me and thing, I just yeah, you know, you added I, as far as I can see. All that means is you could see my info and I could see yours. I really say nothing. But she says when you add people and they say hi, thanks for adding me and thing, and she say hi, oh, nice, nice meeting you. She says hammer time immediately. <laughs> Men back in the hammer one time <laughs> in the, in your messages. Is that the real experience for women in Trinidad? Not like that. that that's what we're going through. And I, I always look at um this. Well, I can't remember the name of the show. There was one show called Cheaters, right? Where the dude used to 
spy on people who cheat in and bring them to confront them. Well, I remember he gets stabbed on a boat one time. I, I see a billboard for that in Trinidad too. That, that could be a little bit dangerous. That could be bad for your health in Trinidad if you've come out to that cheater show. The way thing going down here. But y'all remember there was also a show with um that was designed to catch pedophiles? So they would do the same thing Express did here. Create a little profile. Meet up with the person. Or get Talk to people then. And then see if the person is willing to meet up. And when they come and meet up, it's a kind of sting operation. And the people get arrested. They tell them what they're there for and that kind of thing. I even saw one recently online where a man had to call and tell his wife. That's the phone call he makes. He's saying, boy, I was trying to link up with a little 14-year-old boy here. But they catch me. It was the police and them kind of thing. And <laughs> he, 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 he lock up, needless to say. And uh, it made me ask the question or beg the question where the two big newspapers was talking about issues like this. The first one from The Guardian and then this one from The Express. And it makes me wonder, like, what do you do with the information that you get about these people who message this supposedly young girl on Facebook? Is it that is another one of them things like myself where we go and we we um we see police with our water money in the back of the spot? Or police with their shirts or their pants shooting pool in the spot. And we accept that for what it is and we just accept it as part of our culture and never call the police or never take a number and give it to them. Because I can tell you for me, the chances of me reporting that policeman who I see in the spot is zero, none, zilch, nada. I don't care how I feel about it. I am not doing that. Because you see me and my family, I feel if I report that, we at risk. And I'm wondering if the Express took any further action based on this? Or is it that the Express frightened like me? Like when you set up an operation like this, I that show I was talking about on TV, uh, somebody go remind me the right name of the show, uh, where they would catch these predators. You was getting arrested, you know. When you come and you attempt to meet that girl and you meet the host of the show, they're telling you, brother, you're locked up. And then you're going on a sexual predators list. I also saw some information this week saying that the the sexual predator list, or I can't remember if predator is the right word, but there's a list of sexual offenders, I think it was. And um, I don't know if I read right, you know, but I think I saw something saying like it had 15 people on it or six. So it was a ridiculously small number on it. And I was thinking, okay. In this country where these things are so common and so people feel so comfortable, a girl telling you she's 15, you see a big 50-something-year-old self trying to tell that girl is 19. As if that is appeasing his situation. Like, okay, so if I'm 19, we okay. That's, that's illegal like hell too. But he seemed to think that, that that is a better match, I suppose. And I'm wondering if that is your real Facebook profile you were using and you're sending a message and you're sending personal details and stuff. Is the Express going forward to give those names to the authorities and report them so that less children at risk? I saw... Uh, I saw a few videos online. I remember one in particular where a taxi driver was rubbing a little girl leg in the back. A school child, you know, rubbing the girl leg and the girl make a video. Thank God is for the technology. Now you're seeing more of it. I also saw one recently with a, a, another school child talking to a taxi driver. And taxi driver tracking outright. She in school. And I mean, for you to be, for you to be tracking a school girl, you, some, some, something, something done wrong with you already. But for you to be so open with this as a taxi, and it's, it's, I mean, we all hear stories about this with taxi drivers and them kind of things. I'm wondering if the Express don't want to report these things so that they could take one or two or three of these people off the streets and get them the help they need, get them arrested, charged, lock up, whatever it is, so that they're away from the children. 
Later on in the Express article, it said sparsely reported. According to a senior member of the Trinidad and Tobago Child Protection Unit last week, although reports of online grooming in the country were sparse, the unit believes that with the advent of technology, instances of online grooming had increased over time. So they're saying that people don't hardly report it, but they have a, a, a reason to believe it's increased. The unit has engaged in sensitization exercises over the years to educate parents about the risk. We know with the rise of social media and access to social media and access, children could easily be lured on the internet. We do a lot of sensitization in the schools and parent teacher sit-ins in different communities. We even partner with NGOs and other government ministries for outreach and education to the public to make parents aware. We are quite aware that it may be happening, just not reported as often. Uh, the senior member of the unit, who has not to be identified by name, told the Express that she was unsure whether the interactions made with Selena's profile were prosecutable by law. However, she said, she suspected that online grooming happens frequently in Trinidad and Tobago with some missing children reports stemming from uh, young children's interaction with older men. So I guess if, if they're saying here that it may or may not be prosecutable by law, I want to give Express the benefit of the doubt and give uh, Kimari Rodriguez the benefit of the doubt that she made some effort to report this. And uh, like I wonder if, if, if it is we in a state where nothing said or done there is illegal, then maybe these are the things that we should be focusing on where law is concerned. Because if you could just back the hammer on a 15-year-old child and that not illegal, then something wrong. You understand where I'm coming from? Something is wrong. But on the flip side of it, an adult making a transaction could get arrested if I say, "Listen, uh, girl, slice a cake. I had to give me five hundred dollars. I had to do my hair. I had to do my nails or my car wash fixing or whatever the trade is. That's illegal. But this, you could just, you could. Uh, and I'm saying that especially because we in a world where the average fifteen-year-old now most of their social interactions moving from face to face to online. So now somebody who you, know, you ever you ever watch um. <laughs> You ever watch commenters on Instagram and on TikTok and them things where people just get very bad in the way they comment? Like some, some of the things that people say to one another on, on TikTok and Instagram and them things in the comments. It's not things you'll say to anybody. Like I remember talking about that with Bungie the other day and it's like, well, again, bad in the comments. All in going, all in walking up to Bungie and telling them things about your wife. You know? But people under the cloak of anonymity tend to be brave enough or free enough to make some statements that could put you in serious problems under other circumstances physical problems uh but be- because you're, you're behind a screen or you're behind a fake profile you could do it and i think it's the same thing now with sexual grooming and think of young children where i easily create a little fake profile link up with somebody if these youths using tinder or grinder or whatever where else always use where else always use the connect up <laughs> whatever else you're using if I could do an AI thing like what Express do, and I make, instead of Selena Ali, I make Corey Ali, and I make myself 15 years old on that app, and I swipe and I think, and, and I have a good time, because the hammer is the hammer, you know, and it's 16 year old hammer, 15 year old hammer, same hammer. And uh, uh, maybe these are the things that we need to look into updating our laws to make sure that we protect the children from online spaces where it could get very dark very fast and you'd have no help you'd have nobody else around you doing this unbeknown to your parents unbeknown to anybody and all of a sudden you're gone too far you're in too deep 
and we have a problem that perpetuates. And but again, the first step for me is to bring these conversations to the forefront and make sure that we could we could discuss it openly. I I I, I would I would say that I am probably the worst forum and, and 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 the least important place to be having this discussion because I don't have the information that somebody in the churns authority will have or somebody I don't have the experience like a counselor who deal with churn who went through sexual issues would have. But I feel like if we need to do more of this, a salute to K. Marie Rodriguez, salute to the Express. I was glad that the Guardian brought it up and that kind of thing too, but it's, it's something that we definitely had to revisit. But listen, I know all the heavy talk. As a man is generally coming here to play Calypso, enjoy my life. So I, I separating, of course, only no more good enough. Don't, 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 don't put me in that spot. I separating the issue with the child pornography or, or, or sexual grooming of children i'm separating the issue from um of the human trafficking which i want to state categorically that i'm against i realize these days like i'm not coming to enough conclusions on this podcast so every week i get anything and i'm like i didn't say that so let me say categorically i'm against these things but i do want to play some calypsos that go along the lines of the flesh portrayed or little mine <laughs> Talking about big people, trader. I talk more trader between big man and woman. Little woman, no problem. Just listen, Kaiso. Again, we are going to rule for 
mother's bag. No more Yankee to spoil the fat. Dorothy have to take what she get. All of them who used to make style, well, they take in two shillings with a smile. No more hotel to rest your head. By the sweat of thy brow, thou shall eat bread. Mama, you was Gina. Gina, Gina, Rosie, Dara, Lemon, Gina. From the corner of Rosie, bet your life is something they sell you catch them broken, you can get them all for nothing. Don't make a row. The Yankees are sparrow, take over now. news as are still along the same lines as i want to commend the minister of national security as we are on this topic <laughs> according to the guardian heinz has special court for human trafficking cases soon now as much as i gave them credit for this and i hope that this come to be this come to pass and it's not just old talk but um fits we want to know what happened to the gun court too eh? Because if we are issues in this country as a whole, let me deal with all the issues now. So if you have a, a special court for human trafficking cases, I'd assume that that means this is going to be addressed from the standpoint of both policing and prosecution. And both the trafficker, I mean the trafficker and those who partake in the business of human trafficking in that if you're going to establishments where people gain brought into the country, well, if you're going to establishments on a whole, <laughs> that's illegal, don't go in your police shirt and thing, right? Change your clothes at least. But where people being trafficked, the people who bringing them in and the people creating the demand are equally part of the problem to be prosecuted, right? But the Special Court for Human Trafficking cases soon. It's uh, just by Chester Sombrano. Uh, Chester says, a special court is in the process of being set up to deal specifically with matters of human trafficking and sexual offences. This was revealed by Minister of National Security Fitzgerald Hines on the Iron Dependency Program transmitted on I-95.5 on Sunday. Salute to Gata Natasha Sinclair. Hines pointed out that Chief Justice Ivar Archie <laughs> issued a practice direction via the Trinidad Tobago Gazette on 23 uh, January 2023. Uh, this move by Archie was aimed at establishing and designating trafficking in persons and the sexual offense matters as appropriate for special procedures of the court. I'm pretty sure I butchered that sentence. But he said the intention was the intention of that was to immediately establish a special criminal court within the criminal division of the High Court. Hines said from consultations with, with Attorney General Reginald Amor, who speaks to the judiciary. The judiciary, judiciary has even gone as far as to identify certain judges and certain magistrates who will deal specifically with these cases to fast-track them. However, a time frame was not given. He said that this information has been made available to the U.S. government in response to trafficking in persons report 2022. In the report, this country remained on the Tier 2 watch list. We are, according to them, in some failure to provide evidence in uh, of increasing efforts to combat severe forms of trafficking in persons, including increasing investigations, prosecution, and convictions. So, uh, 
the thing about it is because this once it started getting to the political arena where reports coming out saying that the opposition involved or government ministers involved and nobody don't know who is who uh very very similar to my situation in the spot right everybody knows something going on same similar to the people in bank back in the trace too everybody knows something happening everybody know who is who they know who is the owner but it's a speakeasy thing nobody don't want to talk about it in the open so once that once that reached the desk of or it starts affecting political careers then you're starting to see it taken seriously. And because we're so high-ranked and uh, what they call a tier two uh, or on any watch list for this, it's something that could affect votes in the long run. So people people hastily trying to get this done, and I'm sure it's affecting international relations as well. And um, with Venezuela going through what they went through recently, we are fertile ground for this kind of activity. And... Uh, a court is a step in the right direction. So I want, to, I want to acknowledge that for what it is. And I hope that the, the most worrying statement in the whole thing is that we don't have a date set yet. <laughs> I know what that means and work by me. You know what I mean? We're working on this, but we have no deadline, we have no date, we have no nothing. That typically means that they're going to be sidelined. And sometimes I wonder when they say a special court, right? If a special court just means like a special one court within the building that is this within magistrate courts magistrates court they put a court that deals with this or if they have a gun court because i know when they said gun court in jamaica for instance uh there's a separate building that you go to there's a gun court and i'm wondering if we're not taking crime seriously here or if we are taking crime seriously and the most serious crimes we're taking most seriously if there's not an opportunity here to create a whole new infrastructure for some of the major problems that we face in any in the country outside of the the regular system because the regular system seems to be a place where things just go to die like we talked about last week where cases start in 2000 and early and finish in 2020 late you know what i mean i wonder if it's an opportunity to get a whole new like a parallel system if that makes sense to deal with things like guns and gun violence and even human trafficking and add to that list the child predators and those types of things so that we, we, we expedite in these things and you are brought to justice swiftly before before this or, or, or else this will continue to be a problem that is a little bit of a runaway horse. But again, as serious as it is and as serious as these matters are, always remember that my purpose here is to play Calypso and I want to, I want to be very respectful because all the songs I play in here today have to do with trading in the flesh it is not to do with anything illegal well it's illegal like hell but i'm not dealing with the part of it where people doing this against the will i'm only playing calypsos that have to do with people who are willingly involving themselves in this in this in this trade for flesh as part of our culture and as part of my effort to continue to push the conversation forward and put it in the bright light you know what i mean <laughs> A bounce of Grenadian mail Last week Saturday A bounce of Grenadian mail Last week Saturday Well I try and trick on she To get she in me batchy Me a catch myself yet What she didn't tell me is what she forget Who knew what be thing Grenadian a fool 
Uno must be think we now go to school. Uno must be think because we come here. We starving in Grenada today. I gonna tell you Trinidadian. Among you careful we Grenadian. Back a crown, money a hand if you fancy this Grenadian. Start getting hot and start to proper like a parrot. You Trinidad men, you like women but don't like to spend. Well, I'm going to make it clear. I don't give in to who I am. So I hope you know, I got no time if you got no dough. Who must be think Grenadian a fool? Who must be think we now go to school? Who must be think because we come here? We starving in Grenada today. You damn lie, I'm going to tell you Trinidadian. The days for the gun with Grenadian. Back up wrong, money I had in your fancy this Grenadian. Start to flee, to see what effect it's gonna take on you. I said, darling, this is true. I am madly in love with you. She put she hand a kimbo and watch me from head to toe. Man, you talking crap. I can't spend love in the Chinese shop. Uno must be think Grenadian a fool. Uno must be think we now go to school. Uno must be think because we come here. We starving in Grenada today. You damn lie. I'm gonna tell you Trinidadian. Among you careful, we Grenadian. Back up wrong. Only your hand if you fancy this Grenadian. She, I don't give she half of my salary. It ain't long to wait. I get paid on the 28th. She said by the time the grass growing, you don't know the horse starving. It's in a good day. Give me a ring when you get your pay. Uno must be think Grenadian a fool. Uno must be think we now go to school. Uno must be think because we come here. We starving in Grenada today. You damn lie. I'm going to tell you Trinidadian. Among you careful, we Grenadian. Back up wrong. Money a hand if you fancy this Grenadian. Kitchener say so, you know, me say so, you know. That little album from Kitchener is one of the sweetest set of tune you've ever heard. That is one of the sweetest set of tune. Anyway, I see something on Twitter here I wanted to talk about real fast, right? Because I had my first in-person class in two years last weekend. And um, I was getting adjusted. I used to say I will never lecture online because I don't like the impersonal nature of it. And you're talking into this camera, this screen. And now I tell you, when I have class on a weekend, right? I just be talking to blank screens. Everybody think, all they see on the screen is AJ. Nobody doing put on the camera and make me feel like I'm talking to somebody. And then the one person who <laughs> put a camera on must just feel so burdened. Because I'm watching their every move just for some feedback. And... I was wondering if um sorry, I know I hear something now. <laughs> I was wondering if if how well I would adjust when classes go back to in person because you know that human being and change is a hell of a thing, you know, because now that 
I get accustomed to the online classes. I don't want to get up and get dressed and drive all the way nowhere to do no class and look for park and then I'll drive home when I'm done. I do my classes now on a Saturday is two hours, I think, the classes. And I just be tired when I finish with that two hours. So now it's again my car and drive back down the road. But um salute to the folks in Seattle. I have a class going on now well in issues and global. It's using the global environment. It's like globalization, right? At bachelor's level. But a bright group of students today always do well in the, in the exams. I had the same class last term. And um, the accreditation council now is ha, has the schools moving back to in-person teaching or lecturing. So I tell myself, boy, I wonder if I still know how to lecture in front of people. And I went up there and I moved. I, I was so, I, I take a wrong turn in Trinity and end up going the wrong way. I reached just in time to start at nine. I think the class had started. And now they had a nice little setup. Salute to them in Seattle because they had a setup where uh, they have a camera that automatically following me. And I could hear the people on the Zoom when they come out, comment, they're hearing me. Plus, I have people in the class. So, a nice little hybrid system. And I, I went, like, just getting back in front of people. I'm nervous. I'm all over the place. I'm feeling like a little flustered. But I thoroughly enjoyed being in that class and being actually seeing some of the students who always just have blank screens with... And watching them interact and hear them answering questions and seeing when it one of the nicest things to do is to explain concepts and see it on people's face when they they're witty and they're getting it, or even to see the confusion on some people's face when they're not getting it. And um, I could adjust and repeat or clarify. I really, really enjoyed that. So I had a, I had a great weekend where I was concerned, just getting back over there and and, and, and and you know, being being among people. But one of the things that uh, most of the programs I do know at both master's and bachelor's level is submissions that you do, right? We don't really uh, do exams like that anymore. So for this particular class, they have one assignment to do as a group or a pair, and then they have another assignment with 70% of the marks that they, they have to do on their own. And the reality is that when you if you ever had to correct papers, it's not the most exciting thing. I like the classroom thing, but I don't like the correcting papers part or, or, or not... In this case, it's like they submit a draft to me, which I give them feedback on, and then uh, they submit for marking in England, right? And it is very boring, to be honest, because by the time you read one paper, all the papers look like that. I always tell students, if I'm spending too much time on your paper, that mean you're not doing well, or fighting up to get your marks, or most times people who are doing well, you, you could browse through or scan that paper for the key points, and you see where the student is going, right? And I just found this interesting that students in today's age who are doing more and more papers have access to some things online that could make it very, very difficult for what we would typically do to pick up plagiarism, right? Once you're writing above a certain level, I want to know why it's happening. If you have a bachelor's and you're writing so thorough, I don't suspect you already. I've, I, I saw a student one day back in the days. From the time I started reading the paper, I know she didn't write that. And I didn't even put it in turn it in or any of these plagiarism things. I just copy a paragraph of it and put it in Google. And the whole article came up. She take the thing word for word and I had to warn her. I mean, that's academic warning. I said, girl, if you submit this, you could actually be withdrawn from the university. Why, why would you do this? Like, write your own paper. But today, with AI in particular, like, writing these papers should be... I don't want to put that now that students go and do it. Don't do this if you're listening to this and you're ever in my class or in my class. Right? Don't do this, but... Now, you could go on to these AI sites or apps and get an entire paper written for you. It's a, it's a dangerous thing, right? <laughs> uh, 
so if you if you go to AI generator, you could go to AI art generators, music generators, paper generators, like for writing, pretty much anything. Some of them paid, and salute Cassia. Cassia sent my message this week with a Adobe AI site where I could upload the whole podcast and will clean up, regularize my audio, deal with any reverb and those types of things. So I'll definitely try sometime soon. So if you see the audio quality going up, it's thanks to Cassia. But I came across this tweet from Karen Johnstone on Twitter, right? At Karen Johnstone. And she said, I asked AI to write about crime in Trinidad and Tobago in 2023, and this is what it came back with. So she basically just say, give me, give me some words about Trinidad and Tobago, crime in Trinidad and Tobago in 2023. I'm sure she would have put in some parameters like, um, like how much words or was the length of it or so. But it came up with an essay here, right? And I started to get frightened now for students who in these classes already because the way this essay written is, it's going to be impossible for anybody to easily identify that this was not written by a person. You, you, you would think a person writes it. And I think it's pulling together information from several places to put together a nice little fluent, well-spaced out paragraph. You know what I mean? It's, it's well-written. So I, w- I want to read this for you, right? And keep in mind that this is 100% generated by artificial intelligence. It said... Crime in Trinidad and Tobago has been a long-standing issue that the government and citizens have been grappling with for decades. Unfortunately, in 2023, the situation has not improved much, and crime rates continue to be a major concern for the nation. In recent years, the country has experienced a surge in violent crimes, including homicides, robberies, and sexual assaults. According to the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service, there were 492 homicides in 2022, and it, uh, an increase from... I need to get AI to read for me too. An increase from the 458 homicides in 2021. This translates a homicide rate of approximately 35 per 100,000 people, which was one of the highest in the Caribbean region. One of the major factors contributing to the high crime rates is the proliferation of illegal guns and gangs. Gang-related activity activities have been responsible for many of the homicides and violent crimes in the country. The gangs are often involved in drug trafficking, extortion, and other criminal activities which fuel the violence and instability in the country. The government has implemented various strategies to address this crime issue, including increasing police presence in high-crime areas, implementing tougher penalties for offenders, and engaging in the community outreach programs. However, most citizens feel that these measures have not been effective in curbing crime. One of the major challenges in tackling crime in Trinidad and Tobago is the issue of corruption within the police force. <laughs> there have been there have been numerous allegations that police officers of police officers being involved in criminal activities, including protecting gang members and gang traf- and drug traffickers. This undermines the public trust in the police force and makes it difficult to combat crime effectively. Uh, another challenge is is the issue of poverty and inequality, which often led to a cycle of violence and crime, or leads to a cycle of violence and crime. Many of the areas with high crime rates are also the poorest areas in the country with very limited access to education, healthcare, and other basic services. Addressing poverty and inequality will require long-term commitment from the government, but it is essential in reducing crime rates. In conclusion, <laughs> crime continues to be a major challenge in Trinidad to be going 2023. The government and citizens must work together to address the root causes of crime, including poverty, corruption, and illegal guns. 
It will require a comprehensive approach that involves not just law enforcement, but also social programs and community engagement. By working together, Trinidad and Tobago can create a safer and more prosperous future for its citizens. Let <laughs> <laughs> me first thank Karen Johnson for doing this. I stay away from these things a little bit. You know. I feel I want to stay in a dark a little bit where AI concerned until I absolutely need to jump on that train. But it's a little bit mind-blowing what what, arti- what artificial artificial or something like that, I know. What artificial intelligence is coming to. And how... Look, look at how well... Re- I, could, I could tell you, like... Marking drafts for even master's level students, right? Granted, there's no academic paper, right? This is there's not a lot of referencing or citation here or quoting of any sources or anything like that. But in terms of a article, a, a paper that well put together, well written, and thing, I wish I could see more papers like this from my master's students. So I want to encourage everybody who did their master's to go and find a master's AI in a man and tell the AI how much references you have. But don't do that, right? But it's, it's just it's just well written. But it, it just goes to show in, in, in the context of everything we're talking about where crime is concerned for this episode. Look at what look at what they're pointing out as some of the, the root causes of crime here. Poverty, inequality, corruption, gun violence. You know what I mean? So, so it's so closely related. I was surprised that the... the um. The, uh, the paper itself had nothing written about human trafficking and those types of things, you know what I mean? Or sexual assault. They had a little bit about rape and sexual assault, but not much. So it, 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 it's, it's just mind-blowing. I just wanted to take a minute to see how, how, how well these things work. And uh, they, have, they have several apps or sites that you could go on, like AI for Bing. And they have, they have a good bit of them. Like Just Google it and you could, you could see fascinating things coming out. Or just spend a little time on YouTube to look at AI-generated battle raps or AI-generated music scores, like classical music, and it kind of shows you where we're going, where we're going as a world. And um, like I was saying a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, you had to watch what, what job you're doing and try to determine how relevant my job going to be in the long run. Am I still going to have a job? Am I still going to be out here, you know what I mean, getting work? Or is the things like artificial intelligence replacing my ability or my usefulness as a job? All right, I have to talk some more money thing here, right? Should I save this for next week, boy? I, I want to talk about Imbert and the devaluation of the dollar. But I, fi- I, fi- I find this um this episode a little heavy already, you know. So I, maybe, maybe the, the way to deal with heaviness is to always go back to Calypso. So I want to play a song for you by the mighty Zandoli, one of my favorite Calypsonians and one of the best storytellers in the history of Calypso. And this one is a little more direct reference to flash for cash business, right? I go lend a man any among the cash if I have, but not a woman. I'd rather to see them starve They don't like to pay In no kind of way And he could take them in from the magistrate He dismissed the case for a debt So no woman taking me money Without security Unless you bring a little dog Or a pat little cat Or some kind of property Lending money on interest is my business So if you want my money It's a pong and your flesh for security 
under false pretense Like they have the opinion That man money have sense But anytime they take my money They got to sign a treaty with me Because I am one merchant They're making fun Justice must be done So no woman taking me money Without security Unless you bring a little dog or a fat little cat or some kind of property. I am the merchant of Venice, lending money on interest is my business. So if you want my money, it's a pong and your flesh for security. Security in my hand. If you can't bring a dog for me, leave your cat in my possession. The tired borrow money from Sun and leave me on the promised land. So this year they got a chance. I want me flesh in advance. Yes. Tell them they're taking me money without security. Unless you bring a little dog or a little cat or some kind of property Because I am the merchant of Venice Lending money on interest is my business So if you want my money, it's a pound of your flesh for security Friends are doing nothing about yourself. <laughs> you can't say that. You cannot say that. <laughs> Again, I put in my disclaimer, you know, because you want no problems. <laughs> talking about consenting adults. Talking about consenting adults, the most unconsenting man they have is above flesh for cash. Somehow, the name Tiger Woods comes to mind. And I see Tiger Woods' ex-girlfriend, Erica Herman, is suing him for $30 million after he kicked her out of his house. By tricking her into thinking he was taking her on vacation. But instead, he dropped her off at the airport and locked her out of the house. So rumor have it. <laughs> rumor have it. That Tiger would send a girl on a permanent vacation. You ever tell you ever tell a woman, you ever tell a woman, all you're done. And she say, we ain't done? <laughs> it's a man worst nightmare. <laughs> you say, hey, now we done. You say, we ain't not done. All hell gonna break loose in your life for a little while when you tell them they don't. What is I not done? So maybe that's what Tiger was going through. Tiger was going through a situation like he tried to put on his foot <laughs> and he didn't realize he's not in charge. Man never in charge. So what he do is he, he, he get back sweet. He tell her what's going on. We're going on a little vacation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me, let me, what, what, what you wanna do? What you wanna do? You wanna go to Dubai? You wanna go? You wanna go? You wanna go Greece? You wanna go and take picture by white and blue place? You want, what you wanna do? You wanna do a little Venice thing? You know what I mean? You wanna go on a, a little boat and, and uh, what you wanna do? Pack up now. Pack up something nice. You know what I mean? We going. We going for about three weeks. You know what I mean? Pack up three weeks worth of clothes, <laughs> and then get he driver and them to come outside pick up the girl. And while he, while the driver drive over the girl, apparently my boy get he locks change, kick out the house, tell security do ever let she in. So whatever fit in them two little grip, <laughs> whatever she could have fit in them grip, that way moving with you out of here. 
啊，再一个，再一个，再再一个，给人祝福这这 million dollars， which he will pay. He gonna pay something. He gonna pay whatever that is. You gonna see NDA signed and thing, and you gonna hear that case drop just now because he went through. If you remember, he went through this thing recently where Tiger had a uh a poncho. You know what I mean? Some 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 kind of attraction to waitresses and so on. And then like he find the waitresses and thing was too much talking after a while. So he say, you know what? As a man, let me spend my money. I have millions. I have billions of dollars. Was a three hundred between friends, you know what I mean? So Tiger decided he's spending a little cash, <laughs> and he getting what he need to get. And I read something a day where they say wealthy men, they they say they're not paying, they don't pay prostitutes. How how the person paid? But they say what they're really paying prostitutes for is to leave, right? <laughs> the idea is to to get rid of them. You know, nobody says, but apparently. He went to his sex therapy and them kind of thing. You know what I mean? They say he was. That's what he's doing. He states when he get catch on thing in a wrong stand-up, he say he's a sex addict, and he's go to a therapy and he come out. So he no longer paying a three hundred. So he decides to get a, a girlfriend, which now gonna cost the boss thirty million. Anybody can check thirty million divided by three hundred for man. See if he gain money's worth. If he probably gain money's worth, but he going and pay some of that money because his first scandal was when the wife found out about him and his. Harem, <laughs> and it just hey, listen. If you had time and you never heard before, go back and listen to Tiger Woods' voice notes where he was sending the girl. Well, listen, Tiger Woods was a whole mess, but Tiger was caught with the girl who used to organize girls for him. Now, there's a different level of money thing we're talking about here. Right? This is not um, this is not nobody you go back and trace. <laughs> this is a different level of money. Tiger had a girl who it was her job to get girls for Tiger. She used to make selections based on his preferences and so on, organize for him. So when he going on tour, he has somebody. He have a little company, you know what I mean? He had a little company. You know, you get lonely on the road and them kind of thing. And you know, Tiger end up falling in love with the girl. This he, he have a girl pimp bringing girls, and he fall in love with the girl, and then the whole scene and mash up your marriage and everything, which he spent a nice little penny for. What was the girl name? Ellen, Ellen, no, no, whatever his wife name was. And he spent a pretty little penny to get out of that marriage. Well, as a, in divorce or whatever settlement. And um, <laughs> now, without even being married, he's 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 he's, he's going to have to fork over some money. Now, woman is a special kind of being. Uh, woman is a special kind of being, and you got to understand why men like Tiger and them might pay somebody to leave because <laughs> I don't I don't I don't understand how this works. Me and you together, right? I decide me and you done. You don't want to leave the house. I come up with a great scheme. I find it's a very good scheme for you to leave the house, and <laughs> you you could then turn around and sue me for thirty million. I I I'm trying to figure out here what exactly the lawsuit is based on. Like what what it is you suing me for? You suing me because I we done. You could sue people. What's the laws in Trinidad to be? We have any law saying that you could sue people because they're done. All who married, all they don't listen to this, you know, because them don't have to sue, right? I hope Stacey so, so listen to this now. But them don't have to sue. Them done entitled to in Trinidad. I'm going to salute my boy Jared Gray. <laughs> Gray warned me, you know. Gray warned me before I get married. Gray say, boy, if you're not prepared to lose everything you have, don't get married because everything is for the moment. So in Trinidad, there's no lawsuit to go through. You're going to lose everything. But Tiger Woods has claimed Erica Herman is a jilted ex-girlfriend who has never accused him of sexual assault or sexual harassment in a $30 million lawsuit. 
she is suing Herman 38 is suing a trust she claims Woods 47 controls for 30 million, alleging that he tricked her into leaving the Florida mansion where they had lived together for six years, according to the breakup in October. She claimed that he had an oral agreement with Woods' trust, the Jupiter Island Irrevocable Homestead Trust, which is the legal owner of his mansion. Listen, this is just rich shit. I can't understand nothing I read in here. Well, he had a $30 million trust for what? Like, just to hold his assets or a $30 million trust that trust and believe if you leave here, he has nothing to get. Because this is not no training man in going through these kind of things, you know, but me and a woman done, you could turn wrong and sue me for $30 million. You see, it's in your best interest if you make a certain amount of money to spend your little 300 on them. Better you spend your better you spend your three hundred and them at a time. This not right. This not right for a man to be because I mean, you do not a man like me. <laughs> if I come up with a trick, no, I can't. I can't exactly come up with a trick like my driver carrier and then you go on a private jet and I pretend you go on vacation or your Audi house. I go out to call a Uber <laughs> or send a ride share. I don't. I don't make cheaper tricks. Cheaper tricks. But if I had to get Audi house, I had to get Audi house. What, what, what you gonna do? If you're a little one to leave and you have to leave, this is why man is spending money for woman to leave. And this is this, this not right at all. And I'm a little disappointed, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm a little disappointed in Tiger for coming back in this kind of scheme again. Tiger, yourself, you done went through this and went through and lost big. You come back. Now your son, Charlie, playing golf. It's so nice to see two all you playing together, all you having a good time and them thing. You ain't winning nothing again for your career. But Charlie coming in nice and thing. Now we have to hear this thing with this woman. And now where you Google the woman, so you know, if you see the woman. If you see the woman, you want to want a 30 million or How much is 30 million divided by 300 again? Tiger could, Tiger could have spent wiser than this man and enjoy life. And now, this is why, again, as I say in this episode, I'm asking more questions than I'm making statements, right? I'm not making a statement. What are your thoughts? Wouldn't it have been better if Tiger had spent $30 million worth of $300 at a time? Rather than go put yourself through this kind of thing where he, no, 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 no. Look at the kind of settlement you have to make with a woman and start afresh. And then when, listen, when that woman gone, you still, it's still money you had to go and spend in the interim, you know, to, to, because he's a man, you have, you have a lot of drive, you know what I mean? He, you know, what's in Duke, you know, you have a lot in him and, and, and he needs to be taken care of. I going back to my Calypso, you know. I want to play one more song <laughs> in the, sticking with the theme. And now. And then. A song to leave here that basically close up this whole this whole topic. I want, I want to want to go and want to stay. If we paying people to go, my last song is to leave. But we're taking this by Great Lord Invader. When the Yankees first went to Trinidad, some of the young girls were more than glad. They said that the Yankees treat them nice and they give them a better price. They yes. buy rum and Coca-Cola, went down point Kumana, both mother and daughter, working for the Yankee dollar. Yeah, now, you know what them girls in Point Kumana could do with $30 million worth of Tiger money? Working for the Yankee And look, I had a little 
chica the other day, but her mother came and took her away. Herself, her mother, and her sisters went in a cab with some soldiers. They bought rum and coke for gold. When some point for mana, both mothers and daughters working for a Yankee dollar. They have some aristos in Port of Spain. Yes. I know a lot, but I won't call names. And in the day, they wouldn't give you a right. No. But you could see them with the foreigners late at night. <laughs> Drinking rum and Coca-Cola. Going down point for mana. Both mothers and daughters. Working for the Yankee dollars. A couple who got married one afternoon I was to go to Miami on their honeymoon But the bride ran away with a soldier lad And his stupid husband went staring mad <laughs> They bought rum and Coca-Cola Going down point to Mana Both mothers and daughters Working for the Yankee the great Lord and Vader here in 1943. You know, you're clear and nice that recording. It's redone many, many, many times, right? I know Calypso Rose had sing a version of it too. And um, the Andrews sisters had taken it. But I believe the Andrews sisters had a gift um, Invader settlement for that. But Roman Coca-Cola. Well, they say the same thing happening in Point Kumana down to the day with Offshore Man. I don't know. You know, they tell me. couple of little things I want to say before I go. First and foremost, as we're talking about money, we need to give... A million dollars and a lot of land to all the soccer warriors players for beating Jamaica 1-0. Where's, where's the incentive? Is there no incentive in this? Salute to Angus Eve and the first friendly in Jamaica there winning 1-0. I, I'm glad to see that. Jamaica is not an easy place to go and win games. It was in Montego Bay and not in Kingston. That office in Kingston is a hard place to go and win a game. I don't care if it's a friendly or what. I think we're going in the right direction. According to Angus Eve, I'm paraphrasing him. He said they had a lot of... He said the staff work really well. They get a lot of tape, uh, well, video. And they were able to review everything that Jamaica was doing. He said coaches don't really change up too much. So he know what the coaches was going to come with. He worked on neutralizing that. He said they had much more chances that they could have taken and they didn't take. But 1-0 is a great result for the team. And I hope Holly continue to go up with that. Because again, um, how do they call it? World Cup 2026. We had to be there. Stacey you now telling me Dylan Carter. Um, don't qualify for the Olympics. Me, me realize the Olympics is next year already. I don't know if you could qualify so early, but salute to him as well in sports news. And I want to just salute to two of my brethren. I see two of my brethren collabing, and I'll just point it out here real quick. Uh, Jerome Brammer, who is the man behind, well, the first man I ever know to use the term Trinidad, but a founder of a company by the name of Third World Famous Designer Historian. I, I like the fact that he put himself out there as a historian because, um, uh in his designs for third world famous there's a lot of there's a lot that you could learn about caribbean culture and the, the between caribbean the, the trip from africa to the caribbean the trip from the caribbean to the diaspora there's a lot that he captures in his designs and 
Uh, basically, I, I, I'll never be disrespectful if I call him a streetwear brand, but uh, he collaborated this week and Joel Julian, who's also a Fatima man who didn't go any other schools, uh, particular out there with him this week. And I just want to take a, a little snippet of what he had said. He said, Jerome Brahma is a history buff, history buff and a creative. And Brahma has been combining those two elements to fulfill his company's mantra to educate and entertain. He's quoted as saying, I know a lot of people think history is boring, so my job is to create designs dope enough that people get excited by the graphic, then purchase the clothes and do their own research. So salute to him. I saw him um, always making major moves and keeping the Caribbean at the center and at the forefront of what he's doing. Now, I want to leave a song with you because, again, I have plenty of disclaimers in this episode, as I say, because nobody will set me up here. So as much as I'm doing... Uh, verbal disclaimers and making sure that everybody understands where I'm coming from and the fact that I'm asking questions and not making statements. I wanted to close this episode with uh, what I consider to be one of the greatest calypsos ever written. <laughs> Another one of the greatest calypsos ever written. I have plenty of them, but this is definitely up there with one of the greatest calypsos ever written. Every single word in this calypso is important. And it also helps me to make the distinction about what I'm talking about here today and the vexing question of sexuality and prostitution and all these sex workers and the things that we ashamed and we just hide and talk about and speak easy and drop words and I know he just do this but I don't do that and I know I, a, part, a part of coming out of a part of coming out of this thing we in where we are, we 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 top level at human trafficking, we top level pornography. I feel the conversation had to start earlier. I want to salute Jude and Naldo on the from the App Eight Six Eight podcast as I always do, because I remember many many episodes ago they were talking about sex education in schools, which I believe that sh- should be something that is reintroduced and discussed openly to remove some of the taboo. And I I really enjoyed hearing what Jude had to say about that because he was basically saying that. What people want is not necessarily a what we or you saying what we refer to as sex education is more is more morality preaching. I know I butcher in his words a little bit, but he was basically trying to say that what we want is an attitude towards sex or attitude, and and we want to project that attitude onto the children, and we don't want a genuine or general sex education. Which he he was basically saying that is is it, it probably not going to help. Because if we put if we put out there what we really want to talk about with sex and sexuality to children, it will still be resisted by those who are basing it on their own values, their own perceptions, and their own views of how sex should be taught in schools. And it basically, as he said, it will come down to don't do it at all. Don't do it at all. It's wrong. Don't do it. Or, I know I'm paraphrasing. Sorry, Jude. But along those lines, it make me change my perspective on it. But I feel like I, it, it could be very, very helpful to remove some of the taboos so that you realize that you see the little things you like and you're interested in yeah you must know that you're normal if you if you go about feeling that you're, you're abnormal or in any way you leading more into that creation of that taboo and if it is you actually have thoughts that deviant and abnormal those things should be addressed very very early rather than waiting for people to become victims before we try to start to address these things. 
and uh, set up a thing so people could Facebook message. It's almost like if we set up a thing with a 15-year-old child, everybody doesn't know what go happen in Trinidad as well. And we can add incest to that list too, you know, because one of the things that's happened here that nobody seemed to want to talk about. But I want to use this Calypso, one of the greatest Calypsos ever written by one of the greatest Calypsonians to ever live, to discuss the idea, to, to wrap up this idea so that I don't, I don't want to leave with the impression that women must be anything other than what they want to be in this life. So taking singing Sandra.
אני אומר להם.